Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you if you've been listening to the podcast lately, you know this is a bonus episode on the manga FCAN. You can go check it out if you haven't. It's in whatever you're using to listen to me right now in the same feed. It just has a little bonus marker next to it. It's just a way for me to talk about manga that I don't have enough of a clear vision of to make a full episode out of it. It's a quick, easy, fun thing. It takes about a minute, maybe two. Um, also, thank you for listening to the episode on kind of allowing teens to experience sexual thoughts through anime, and which was the Sunday episode last Sunday and the episode on The Great Pretender. So thank you so much. I also want to shout out a new project that I've been working on for a while called The Uncanny Curves Podcast, which is all about the like 1975 era of the Uncanny X-Men. It is a project that me, my two college friends, Larry and Lauren, have been working on for quite a while, and we... Um, we are really proud that it is coming out on that it came out on October 1st. So if you're hearing this on Friday the 2nd, you can go look at it. If you're hearing it basically any if you're hearing this, you can go find Uncanny Curves on whatever you're using to listen to me right now. That said, the shows that we will be talking about this evening or this episode is a little lesser-known show called Love Hina.
Now, for those of you who did not grow up in the like anime landscape that is the mid nineties to early two thousands the way I did, you may you have probably heard of and even seen some amount of the kind of like not very fun weird why did these exist? This would this was a fetish that clearly did not exist anymore harem shows and we still get we still get harem shows but the way they are now is a lot different it's very much different than they used to be the way they are now is like you are rooting for an for an individual girl and that used to be that also used to be true in the olden days but in um in the like early nineties and like mid two thousands to like the mid two thousands, the goal of like a harem protagonist is really the best way I can describe it. Is the goal of Dar is the same is to be the same as Darling Coon from um Monster Musume, which really takes a bunch of pages out of this book, in that you can slot that person out and slot yourself in in your head. But the the kind of master of the harem form, so to speak. Somebody who created a lot of the harem anime and manga tropes you see now, even. Um, was a author with a manga named Ken Akamatsu. And Ken Akamatsu did a, has done a couple big like rom-com harem things. But by far the biggest he ever did was Love Hina. And my experience with Love Hina is incredibly odd and incredibly unique in that I read Love Hina from volume 1 to volume 14, which is the full run of manga, borrowing it from a friend in middle school. I um almost got sent to detect detention because... I was reading stuff that was too sexy for a child in fucking seventh grade or some nonsense. And I ended up making, a, like, a lot of my most important anime friends in, like, middle school and high school reading that stuff by doing manga and tape trading with and also through to her older sister, my friend. Um, so I, I'm pretty well acquainted with the Love Hina thing. The anime is a different... Anime is a different animal because the anime is... It, the anime is, is, a, is a faithful adaption, adaptation of um the manga but it is the thing about reading manga is you it, it happens so quickly that there's not enough that you're not forced to sit with the nonsense that you could be reading and and what that means is, is when you when you take the 
when you turn a form of active entertainment into a form of passive entertainment, it magnifies the problems that you can just skip past when you are actively participating in reading and your reading speed allows you to just be like, oh no, don't stop on that bubble. Um, and the, the anime... The anime for Love Hina is not good. I'm not saying the manga is either. But the manga is written and and as a thing that will be experienced quickly, much however for however long it takes you to read it, and that is up to you and that is in your control. The act of watching anime is about the people making the show deciding the pacing. And what takes chapters and chapters and chapters and chapters and chapters to happen in an animated show, in a manga, feels a lot longer in the animated show because you are not actively like, okay, don't need to read the next 10 pages, which sometimes people do. Or, like, you are not actively speed reading through the story so another great and this is a very kenakamatsu inspired thing another great um example of this kind of in reverse is the show suzuka the suzuka the manga takes forever for them to get to like a good place or Yamato and Suzuka to get to a good place in their relationship. Whereas the show, because it's bound to one season, just does like a hop, this hop, skip, and a jump to get them there over 26 episodes instead of getting them there over like 26 volumes or something, over whatever amount of volumes it is. And you get a complete story, like, it does, it does a good cutoff to that arc. You don't get the most interesting part of Suzuka in that, and you don't, you kind of don't get to see the most interesting part of Love Hina in Love Hina, in the Love Hina anime, which is, because of those points, those series ended, they were both very popular, which is, like, the future of those characters, which is really, th that's the payoff of watching a romantic story is like watching the future be formed live if that makes any sense so in the love hina manga you eventually see kentaro grow up to be like seto and he is a researcher who goes all over the world you see um Nehru grow up to run the boarding house and you see like it's like one for one replacement situation happening that shows that they grew that they grew into love and grew into loving each other and are this unique thing but in the anime it doesn't super get there like this they have the like moments that you want out of that kind of show and it does it pretty well, but it 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 comes off as hollow because 
you're not getting the last part and you don't you don't get that like last section there and it it becomes it becomes kind of like tireless and then there's like the OVA episode there's the anime original stuff they did and It's pretty difficult to write, oh, like a, to write a harem rom com cast with the like strength to make you want to spend more than the normal amount of time with them. Um, if you look at something like um, Tenchi Muyo. Tenchi Muyo be, uh, is absolutely an iconic series and people love it. But it its characters are super one note. And the way it survives, like... it The, the way it survives, like, not getting tired of them is... It, it, they have brief moments of unity and then, like, Ayaka and Ryoko are back to fighting immediately. And... This this show, Love Hina the Property, all the characters are very flat across the board in terms of character type and all that stuff. And there's no and because Ken Akamatsu wants to at its core at its core write the story as a love story about Nehru and Ken, and Kentaro. That's fine, but like that means those characters can't be had fun with. You can't have fun with those characters in the same way you could have fun with a character like Maze Hughes from Full Metal Alchemist, or um, the same way you could have fun with a character like Hawkeye, also from Full Metal Alchemist. And because there's not there's not a super amount of dimension. It's not. You never encounter something where you're like that person acts odd, acted odd at that point. What happened there? You encounter like, oh, this is this character in this situation. They act just as you expect, and that's a lot more fun to read because, like I said, the difference between the the big difference here between active and passive entertainment is felt by the fact that when you are reading when you're reading a manga you the reader are in control of the pacing when you are watching an anime you with the viewer have two choices put up with the pacing or turn it off perfect example of this is black clover black clover takes for fucking ever it takes forever feels like you watch nine filler arcs of Naruto in a single fucking season of Black Clover. It's amazing. And I hate it. So I turned it off. But if you were going to go watch um, Love Hina or you're interested in experiencing Love Hina is the best word, I would read it. Because it's way less 
it's way less clumsy with its story. It feels out better. The the moments of like romance between um, Karu between Nehru and Kentaro feel more genuine, and you don't have to deal with the obnoxious opening song. Um, it just. And this is it. This is the thing about this is this is the era of, um, anime where like you could get you could get an an adaptation, but it could still not be good. And that's part of Love Hina's problem is that it was, and I believe Negima is also Kanakamatsu's, and it has a lot of the same problems in that Negima. There's tons of Negima. There's tons of it. And like I keep saying, when you're reading it, you control how fast you get through it. When you're experiencing it as a show, it's like fun to see the important things you remember if you read it, but it can be a slog as just experiencing a thing. And like... Also, fucking Christmas specials that feel like they're just, they're just not worth it. And... I don't think that Ken Akamatsu's... Um, I don't think the things that Ken make Ken Akamatsu's stories likable and, like, readable make it watchable, because... It, it requires a kind of patience for slow burn, will they, won't they bullshit that I just don't have. And I feel like I never had. And it's just... And this might be a, four steps, uh, a, short, a shorter episode, but I just... I... I have this, like, nostalgic feeling for the... Um, for the love Hina manga because it is part of the like it is part of my fandom in a unique way because I borrowed it book by book and read it book by book and almost got grounded for reading it and almost got put into tension for reading it and it it's almost not even if I like the story although I do like the story. It's more, when I go to Love Hina, I go to the manga because I like, I, I know how much is there and I know how obnoxious it is because I remember from when I read it when I was like fucking 14 or some bullshit. And when I ended up watching the anime, even when I was younger, I was like, this, this is not good. This is, like, I want to be able... Like, no, this is not good. It's not... It, it, it doesn't... It doesn't feel as charming. And, like, some of that is, like... It, they have to work around some stuff. They just straight up don't do some stuff. Some stuff is dropped. The, like... It feels like, oftentimes, the characters are... The, they focus on the characters in the wrong way. Whereas the manga is the, it's the closest thing to the author's intent because it is the author's intent. 
And I just... I didn't necessarily intend this to be about Ken Akamasu as much as it ends, as it's ending up being, but he... he He's one of those... So... Everybody was stunned at your name. Everybody was stunned at the Makoto at Makoto Shinkai's your name. And then everybody came out of um uh weathering with you and was very like the f- that was just your name too, motherfucker. And this w- and because um your name went so mainstream in terms of like box office sales Everybody, everybody who wasn't familiar with Makoto Shinkai's work was all of a sudden introduced to the Makoto Shinkai's work, plus the one marketable point where it he lets the characters be together at the end, and that's what makes his movies popular. Is because if you go watch Voices of the Distant Star, if you go watch, um. Um, what's it called? If you go watch Five Centimeters Per Second, those movies are your name. Those movies are Weathering With You, with different tropes and things. Or if you go watch Garden of Words, there's another one. Um, Children Chase Lost Voices is like him attempting to be in Miyazaki and slightly failing. It's not important um, to the, what I'm about to say. Those are all the same movies with the same romance structure and plot stu- and almost down to the plot structure. But the thing that makes Your Name and Weathering With You more popular and more widely accepted is he just lets the characters be together at the end of the movie. Nothing has changed. And um, another author who suffers from the same thing is um, Rumiko Takahashi. Rumiko Takahashi's shit is all the same. More or less. There's different artifices and different, like, character swaps and shit, but it's all the same endless, like, I've designed this endless nightmare which you will sit through. God damn it. And there is no, you will get no cool an- answer to any questions. You will just continue to watch Ranma and Akane fight and occasionally make up and, like, do Eskimo kisses before one of them punches the other in the face for no reason of a show that is Ranma, that is um um that is that show that she had recently Renee that is Inuyasha. I'm sure I'm positive that'll be a big part of um Yasha Princesses or whatever premiered literally today I think um and Kenakamasu is the same way. His stuff is always like always centers around like women for some reason wanting this like deeply wanting this pathetic guy and always takes forever to get to the point. It does get to the point, but it takes a long time. And always telegraphing there's a main girl that he's going to end up with and there's all these other girls who uh, just exist as like pale as, like, pale attempts at, like, blocking or switching at all. And if there was an evolution of this form that made more sense, it would probably it would probably actually be Shizuka. 
Because Suzuka, uh, Yamato goes out with a different girl. Like, he just straight up has a different girlfriend for a period of time. And that sours, and then, like, everybody comes back, like, the story comes back from this left turn that, as the first, when you're first watching it, you feel that it's going to go back, but you're not super sure, and that's a really interesting thing. The, um, did not, Love Hina got really popular because it is a tight, it is, like, a, dialed in perfection of the harem form that was popular but it it's not good enough to support an anime where you're taking the the you're taking an amount of agency over time and pacing away from the consumer of that media and it just I think this is true of all of Kenakamasu's stuff that's been adapted into anime. It suffers because of that loss of control on the um on the consumer side. So I think that's kind of where I'm gonna end it. I know this is a much shorter show than normal. Um, but I thought this was a worthy enough topic and I thought that Love Hina is an interesting enough case study to talk about it, but I will be back with more, I'm sure. Like I said, if you haven't listened to the bonus episode, definitely go listen to that. If you haven't listened to the Sunday episode, go listen to that, and definitely go find the Uncanny Curse podcast, Lauren, me, and Larry's new thing in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. The first episode is up. There's going to be two episodes every week. Um, for a long, there's going to be two, not two episodes every week, God, two episodes, one episode per week, two episodes per month, or two episodes every month, so one episode every two weeks, um, so look, um, go look that up, I'm really proud of it, we're really proud of it, go check it out and give it a listen, but until... Sunday, I've been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you next time.